Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale, sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget the bug spray as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. That one's wrong? I'm still getting that little bit of... Buzz? Yeah. Buzzy fuzz? It's in there. I don't... It, it's, it's on my mic. Check a check. One, two, three. This is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, <laughs> legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined, as always, by my pals, plural, Mark Matsky. <laughs> Good day. And Heather Moser. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, this is the official podcast of Small Town Monsters. Very quickly, before people start leaving comments. This is a, I don't know what I was saying. We have something called YouTube, a YouTube channel. You can, you can watch. I've never heard of it till today. I've been informed of this. Uh, we have a YouTube channel where you can watch this show. What is this YouTube of which you speak? <laughs> Children have been telling me about it. Yes. Uh, it's a YouTube channel where you can watch this show in oh. video form, hmm. uh, expertly edited by one Andy Matsky. Yes. Um, and you can become a channel member if you want to watch the show without... Inter- without... <laughs> Without commercials, commercial breaks, commercials. yeah, ads. Uh, you can also watch other things like On the Trail of Hauntings and Beyond the Trail in 4K, oh, ad free, coming soon. Uh, on the Trail of Bigfoot, The Ridge, yes, also 4K ad free, and Beyond and the Bigfoot Project, <laughs> flawless, the worst. Uh, okay, we're getting right into it. We've heard your demands. We've heard them. We've seen the negative comments left on our channel. We've seen you. We've seen you. <laughs> and this week, uh, we're going to talk about... Oh, shoot. What are we talking about? Is it the weird letters? Weird stuff. A weird... Well, is this the letters? Yeah, sure. This is the letters? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well... Is that what you want to do? That's fine. <laughs> Guys, it, it can I be promise, done. next week, we're going to start really focusing <laughs> yeah. in on this. It's yeah. going to be... We're going to nail it. Andy's Andy's trying to tell me to get going. We're having the a plan. Sh- the new show director, showrunner, Andy Matsky's telling me, keep it moving. <laughs> keep it moving. All right. <laughs> We're getting into letters. If you want to send us letters, monsteropolismail at gmail.com. Please send them because it bails us out from having to do a bunch of research. <laughs> not that we're averse to that. No. It just saves no. us. No. Of course not. I love not. it. <laughs> But we got, since our last mailbag episode, we did get a, a handful of really high quality letters. So we did want to bring those to light. The first of them is this letter from Brad, squad member, 
by the way. Nice. Hey, STM crew. Hope you all are doing well. I had a question for you in regards to the Skinwalker terminology. Do you feel that that term has taken on a catch-all sort of name for lots of different entities? I hear it used quite often and was wondering. It makes me wonder if it has become like the term chupacabra. To me, a chupacabra is a bipedal, short, lizard, alien-looking creature, not a dog with mange like it seems to be portrayed oftentimes now. Granted, my view of the chupacabra was shaped by what I saw as a youngster on Unsolved Mysteries. If Robert Stack said it, then I took it to the bank. Anyway, just wondering if Skinwalker is being used for things it shouldn't be. Maybe Heather has some insight for us on the history behind the term. Probably not. (laughs) Take care, Brad. In Navajo culture, a skinwalker, Navajo, is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. The term is never used for healers. Background. Main article. Witchcraft and Dine slash Navajo. In the Navajo language, ye na la translates to by me. Guys, I said I was going to stay more focused. I'm focusing. I found this on Wikipedia. You're Wikipedia. Well, you no, are I don't know what you're talking about. I found this on a little-known research website called en.m.wikipedia.org. I'm also getting messages. Hold on. Oh, boy. In the Navajo language. Why do I keep saying it in Navajo? I don't, I don't know. Navajo I've been wondering. language. Ye naladushi translates to by means of it, it goes on all fours. Hold on. While perhaps the most common variety seen in horror fiction by non-Navajo people, the Yi Naladushi is one of several varieties of skinwalkers in Navajo culture. Specifically, they are a type of antihini. <laughs> Gosh. Guys, I'm being serious here. I'm, trying, I'm laser. Like you said, laser, laser focused. focused. Yeah. Look. Right. Okay, so I will say one thing. Since we, since we announced the title change... Of <laughs> the Howl of the Rougarou to Skinwalker, colon, the Howl of the Rougarou. Um, there have been a lot of people letting us know. Guys, guys, the the Skinwalkers from the Navajo traditions in the, in the desert southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably a good time to mention that they're... There's okay. So, do skinwalker legends exist outside the Southwest? It's the idea of a skinwalker, I would okay. assume. I'm, I'm not saying that that's the the don't focus only on me right term. Now. I'm on my nose. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, one thing that I think people might find interesting mm-hmm. is that now, since the name change of Rougarou, mm-hmm. we tease Seth constantly, and every title that we've come up with now, we say colon skinwalker <laughs> or skinwalker colon yeah. bigfoot project or <laughs> yeah. whatever and he loves it i love it guys i can't get enough of their sense of humor stay focused they come in queuing them up <laughs> that was about skinwalkers that's true yeah mark do you, do you have any insight here well first of all i think the chupacabra point is well taken mm-hmm. that did completely change course yeah. from the early 90s uh brad is right it was a lizard like almost little dragonish mm-hmm. alien figure. And then largely, I think because of cable television, it became also a dog, <laughs> which I have no idea how that happened. But maybe he's right that Skinwalker does 
represent more of a catch-all term. That, that tends mm-hmm. to happen, I think. And that's something we've talked about recently on the show, actually, is the, uh, the effect that media has on, in a sense, watering things down mm-hmm. precisely in this way. You know, using one term to stand for a bunch of things, where in the past it was a very specific item, and like Skinwalker, for example, having the uh, Navajo <laughs> origins... <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah and this goes back a long time to like when we were talking about something related to this and and a point that I wanted to connect to it oh I was gone that's why I wasn't here is the um one of the reasons why skinwalker has become more widely used in precisely this way I would attribute to George Knapp and Kelleher's book you know, the Skinwalker Ranch, attaching Skinwalker to that story and then having that go viral, so to speak, I think is responsible for really morphing the term from one specific almost medicine man kind of tie-in to now it can be almost anything. And I, I think that um, that the book and the media coverage and, you know, George's nap, his position as a coast host occasionally really not that was not that he misused it not that they used it incorrectly but it became popular on the basis of that specific book and now it's multiple television shows and everything else when it comes down to skinwalker my knowledge of it is limited despite being best friends with george knapp (laughs) um i'm curious though the the name's Skinwalker Ranch. Did that solely have to do with the fact that the that that like wolf-like creature was seen on the ranch? Like, where did that originate? Because I know that there's all this stuff about the Uinta Basin and the Uinta people, and and how that Skinwalker somehow plays into the the regional history of the area. Yeah, it's an excellent question because I think. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's. Uh, Maybe I'd have to look at the book again. I, it seems to me that it's just a, something that somebody in a catch-all fashion applied to what NIDS was doing at the time with their research there. NIDS, what is that? The National, oh, what is that? It's the something, Disco- Discovery Science is yes. the D and the S. Yeah, National Institute for Discovery Science. Bigelow? Yeah, is yeah. what the, the Bigelow-funded group that was you know allowed to come in and put up cameras and other means hold of hold on showrunner andy Inst- maskey has some in, in answers for us institute discovery science okay you you knew it yeah just be more confident next time well i'll i'll own my yeah have an idea and own, own your it. position own, yes <laughs> wow okay there. We're just, yes, I like there this. it is. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that somebody on the on the team or later on, because of the multiple strange things, needed something that would cover it all. And because it, when you look at the stories and the anecdotes coming out of Skinwalker Ranch, there really is nothing specifically Skinwalkery about what's seen. I mean, the, like you said, there's the big wolf 
that's seen on multiple occasions. There are Bigfoot kind of creatures that crawl out of wormholes and things like that, but there's never specifically a skinwalker doing skinwalker things that is seen as part of. So I, I think that, again, that, that supports this idea that it took on a life of its own as far as a term, thanks a lot to that case. The, the other thing is that just in going over the, some of the native legends that you included in like the, the Howl of the Ruguru script, mm-hmm. there, there are definitely uh, correlates to, to the actual Skinwalker story. It's just they're given different names and mm-hmm. monikers. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that, that goes for a lot of different um, native. native things. And well, all throughout time, it's not even just Native American stuff. It's, okay. All over the place. Cultures have a lot of similarities. They just have different names for the same thing. Really? Yes. Some examples. Let's see. I'm laser focused. Laser focused on skinwalker things? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. You put me on the spot and now I'm out. Oh, come on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, hmm. Yeah. See, that's not, that doesn't help. The sound, the music. Accompaniment doesn't okay. not help. Okay, doesn't not help. It, it does. It doesn't not doesn't. help. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Here's somewhat of an example with yes. you to watch Mothman Legacy. Ooh, heard of it. You've Familiar. heard of it. Okay. So uh, similar idea where you have these um, the harpies or the sirens, which those are both Greek, but you have those, and we were able to tie that into things that were Mothman like, um, or the Garuda uh, with the Thunderbirds. I mean, there's just there's ties that are similar to all of them. And then eventually as time goes on, they can be categorized somewhat in under an umbrella type term. I just, people get so upset over this. Um, I have one. Yeah. Yeah. The berserker yeah. legends that specifically seems to be uh, Logan Wolverine. It's Norwegian. Yeah. It, yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> With uh, with regard to the skinwalker mm-hmm. traditions, the berserkers would take on the, the bear pelts mm-hmm. and so forth, and then by doing so would become ferocious in battle. Right. I guess, and that's yeah. and that's like an, an ocean apart mm-hmm. from. But I think that speaks to the underlying yeah. idea that's at the heart of this, which is uh, the human almost desire to transform into an animal. Mm-hmm to achieve certain aims, whether that's to battle or take revenge or just get your way in certain situations. So there is a little bit of a a crossover there, although it's a huge span from one culture to the other. Well, and even with, um, in ancient Greece, they had a festival for Artemis where, and I can't right now remember the the title for the festival, but they would wear the- Mothman Festival. They would wear the uh, pelts of bears uh, for her and kind of, you're taking on that role. Um, And I think those were the girls, young girls. Bear Fest. Yeah, yeah, it might've been Bear Fest. That might be why it's- Ursula, Ursula Fest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Heather's out. That's it. checked out. Anyway. (laughs) I just, I guess my thing, when it comes to something like the Skinwalker colon Howl of the Rougarou film title <laughs> is, look guys, end of the day, like I was given a mandate by the distributor of the movie and they're like, we need this movie to sell. No one knows what a Rougarou is. Put another title on it. And we were talking about like, we talked about werewolf 
calling it like werewolf colon howl of the ruguru the thing is i wanted it to still be called the howl of the ruguru I, right. I, we just we knew it was going to have to have something else to sell it so we went with skinwalker because the movie opens with a rendition of the ruguru origins and they refer directly to the skinwalker mm-hmm. tradition yeah so it makes sense <coughs> sorry it makes sense if you watch it yes so, so watch it so watch it first before commenting Yes. Is what we're saying. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm also agreeing. Okay. I'm seconding that. Okay. Mark, what about you, would you like to will third you, it? Will what you about pass this? Uh, well, I maybe is it too late to call it Godzilla versus Aruguru? Yes. It is. Oh. That's coming out next year. <laughs> Ooh, okay. It's part of the American Werewolves. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Did I just spoil it? Okay. I th- I will third your motion thank you okay, sweet. <laughs> thank you we are unanimous in our decision to pass and you may ratify this by voting below in the comments any discussion mm-hmm. will be hearing none <laughs> all in favor say aye okay next letter oh good shall we thank god <laughs> good day seth mark and heather Thanks again for all the great content you guys have explored here on Monsteropolis and posted on the Small Town Monsters YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. There's someone who knows about nice. it. Hey, hey, hey. YouTube.com. <laughs> <laughs> it is apparent to me that given his behavior on the last few podcasts. <laughs> Are they going to talk about Seth? Seth's weight loss program must include magic mushrooms. Not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) In all seriousness, though, I thought I'd research for information on any Rougarou-type entities in my native Canada for you. The information on the following two creatures is credited to Todd Fisher from my copy of his book, A Canadian Bestiary. I am neither knowledgeable nor wise enough to have figured this out on my own. The first similar creature is known as the Adlet from the Inuit culture. I quote Mr. Fisher, these canine humanoids prowl through Northern Quebec, Newfoundland and Labrador across the Arctic and up into Greenland. They are most populous around Hudson's Bay. They stand seven feet tall and weigh two to 300 pounds. They have wolf-like heads complete with snouts and fangs, as well as claws, tails, yellow eyes and red fur. They love nothing more than fresh, hot human blood but also enjoy sucking marrow out of bones. They are rumored to be the descendants of a human woman who mated with a dog. This woman gave birth to five dogs and five adlets. The adlets quickly grew to maturity and tried to kill their mother. Their father chased them off, but while but was killed while doing so. The mother put her five dog children onto a log in the ocean, and they are reputed to have traveled across the sea and given rise to the white races. Adlets hunt in packs and can be heard howling like wolves. In some tales, they can only be killed by silver weapons like Lugaru, but they are also afraid of fire. As regards to the Lugaru, the author stated, these terrifying creatures adapt to human form by day, but at night turn into ravenous wolves. They were the New World version of werewolves. It was said that any man in New France, that is present-day Quebec and New Brunswick, who didn't go to Easter Mass for seven years in a row, would turn into such a being. They were generally said to be controlled by the devil. During the night, they would run through the woods looking for humans to devour. By day, they often disguised themselves as beggars. If they didn't find any live humans to feast on, they would dig up the dead from cemeteries. 
natives who falsely converted to Christianity also ran the risk of becoming loop guru. They would hunt Christians and could transform between wolf and human form by turning their skin inside out. The only way to reverse the curse was for a Christian to cut a cross into his forehead deep enough to draw blood. This will turn the beast back into human form. The only way to kill such a beast was with a silver bullet. Sometimes when a loop guru died, its body was attended by a black dog. Some say that a loop guru must be killed in both its forms. If it is first killed and it will form, it would rise up as a human and have to be put down again and vice versa. Reports of such creatures appeared up to 1767 when a newspaper article concerning one was printed in the Quebec Gazette. Belief in the Lucaroo was spread by voyagers and the legend became entangled with that of the Wendigo. It is thought that the term came from Loup Gardez-vous, meaning wolf watch out. Loup Garou traveled to Louisiana with the French that were expelled from Acadia after the British conquered New France. Having heard of the Loup Garou, I must say that I never heard about the seven years of not going to Easter Mass as a cause of the transformation before or about carving the cross in the forehead to kill the creature. That's bizarre. Simply by dropping the P in Loup, it is easy to see how the pronunciation over time of Lou could have changed to Rue. As for myself, I will make sure I attend every Easter Mass from now on, as I'm sure that Reverend Matsky is taking names. Just are you, waiting. Are you like Santa Claus? Waiting for the Inquisition. <laughs> oh, boy. To close on a different note, I'm still waiting patiently for the border to fully reopen so that the next iteration of On the Trail of UFOs can go international and look at the Nova Scotia uh, Shug Harbor incident. Good one. I love that. Oh, have you read the book I sent yet, yet, Seth? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you love it, right? Uh, yeah. No, I, I haven't read yet. I have not read yet. But I will, because I, lo- I do love that story. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that story. And Dan writes, in conclusion, I have my brother-in-law, who is an ex-RCMP officer, convinced to assist some Ohio delinquents in their quest for the truth. All right. Nice. Um, <clears throat> the Rougarou, alternatively spelled as Rougarou, or Rougarou, or Rougarou, is a legendary creature in Laurentinian French communities linked to traditional concepts of the werewolf. The stories of the creature known as a Rougarou are as diverse as the spelling of its name, though they are all connected to Francophone Aww. cultures through... Andy's giving me the... Andy's giving me the... He's cutting me off. <laughs> I gotta stop See, reading. The, the biggest thing is whenever you said the alternate spellings and then uh-huh. you just read them, but the alternate spellings are only helpful if you can see them or someone sounds them out for you. Andy, please, when you're editing the episode, run them on screen for our... Uh, for our viewers. For our viewers who can read. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, so we we actually there's there's a bit of the French Canadian Rougarou Loup Garou legends Lugaru. in Lugaru. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Lugaru legends in our movie. Yeah. Uh, Skinwalker colon the Howl of the Rougarou coming out September fourteenth mm-hmm. next Tuesday. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. What do you know? Check it out. <laughs> Uh, that's a great letter though all of the Canadian tie-ins are fascinating because that's Mm -hmm. as much as America thinks of itself as the melting pot you know Canada is its own um, combination of cultures and languages and what he says there at the end is sort of a pain in that I take personally which is the border situation right now it's almost impossible 
to navigate. Oh, you can get into Canada as a vaccinated person from the United States, not just for fun, but getting back into the States is another question. So we could yeah. go. Oh, really? <laughs> but ke- coming back it's home would be... shoot is yeah, what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know when, you know, all that gets resolved. But Why do you care? Like, why do, why do you go up there? Uh, family property of my father-in-law's in the Quebec. The address is... The address is <laughs> uh, the big CN Tower in Toronto. <laughs> wow. He, he owns that whole thing. Unreal. Yeah. Wow. Gets, get, it's right. nice and isolated. <laughs> the uh, Dan Cadigan, who also happens to be a channel member and is actually one of our squad leaders on YouTube. Whoa. Nice. Give him all a big round of applause. Woo! Oops. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> wow. Do you have the horn on there? Oh, man, I got to get this off. It's not stopping. Okay. Do you have the air horn? I don't. It's. I haven't added it yet. Oh, okay. I need to go in and add the air horn. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Do we have more? We have Please? more, yes. Please. Yes. Okay. Now, this this I saved this one for last because it's got a lot of meat okay hey monsteropolis i'm not sure y'all have ever discussed this but i noticed a while ago how much borderlands come up in the stm over au revoir i'm just kidding i have no idea (laughs) oeuver that's it and have been wondering about the significance of that if any to the phenomena when i thought about the towns you featured in your films i noticed a wildly disproportionate prevalence of places that are on or adjacent to a state border. Here are several examples, though there may be more. Whitehall, New York is on the border with Vermont. Louisiana, Missouri is on the border with Illinois. Point Pleasant, West Virginia is on the border with Ohio. Chestnut Ridge, Pennsylvania crosses the border into West Virginia. Alton, Illinois is on the border with Missouri. Adams, Tennessee is just a few miles from the border with Kentucky. Falk, Arkansas is just about 10 miles from the border with Texas. Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Very close to Louisiana, too. Yeah. Elkhorn, Wisconsin is just about 10 miles from the border with Illinois. Given the size of the country and the size of most of these states, this pattern struck me as pretty strange at first, assuming you're going to where some of the bigger legends, stories, sightings are. Why would high strangeness be clustered closer to political boundaries? But thinking about what often makes up our borders, I quickly realized the common denominator, bodies of water. Yes. Whitehall, New York is on South Bay, Lake Champlain. Louisiana, Missouri is on the Mississippi River. Point Pleasant, West Virginia is on the Ohio and Kanawha Rivers. Chestnut Ridge, Pennsylvania runs nearby the Monongahela River and others. Alton, Illinois is on the Mississippi River. Adams, Tennessee is on the Red River. Falk, Arkansas is a few miles from the Red River. Elkhorn, Wisconsin is several miles from multiple lakes, though this seems a bit forced. Rivers and also lakes do seem to have some odd connection to sightings of orbs, UFOs, and critters. What could be the reason? Are they all just parched and looking for a gulp? Is water somehow the gateway between worlds? Maybe you have speculations of your own. Whatever the reason for it, I suspect this correlation between weirdness and water connects to the core of the bigger mystery. Was that the email? There's more to it, but it changes subjects. So if this would be a good time to... The Kanawha River is a tributary of the Ohio River, approximately 97 miles long in the U.S. state of West Virginia. 
The largest inland waterway in West Virginia, its valley has been a significant industrial region of the state since early in the 19th century. Uh, so, Thank you, Seth. You're welcome. Stay That's fascinating. Tell I'm me more. Oh, what, shit. About, what about the Mississippi? <laughs> it's a... It's a river. Yep. Originally, is it a the original river? moniker was the River of the Gods, little G. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've, we've heard that we talked about the the river. Th- we've talked about the waterways thing. Yeah, in, in Mothman our, Legacy. Yes, in Mothman Legacy, but in something else too, right? Nope, it, it was Mothman Legacy. Yeah. And you're the one that talks about it. Yeah. Um. But Ellie's talked about it too mm-hmm. with me privately. Mm-hmm. We just sometimes t- talk about waterways <laughs> and how they contribute to the paranormal oh, phenomena surrounding certain areas. That, I don't buy into it, by the way, but it's fine. Okay, that's fine. You could just throw away thousands of years of history. Well, it's cool. It's fine. I think you could throw a rock and find a place that's going to have some sort of history of paranormal activity. Why are you rolling your eyes? <laughs> it's true. Like, there's all this activity here in Medina County. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Um, Eli, too. Eli was, yeah, yeah Eli was very. Alex confused. was the first one I heard say that. Okay. Thanks, Eli, as well. Funky cold Medina County. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. No, I, no one cares what I say. What do you have to say about this? I'm curious. Well, another uh, speculator in that regard is Linda Godfrey mm-hmm. writing in. Um, many of her books, but one of the things that she notes about the Elkhorn area, even though it says here, you know, there's lakes, uh, she she showed us that map when we were there in Elkhorn that overlaid um, sighting reports of Bray Road Beast and the like with natural waterways that were not rivers, but were more like large ditches and drainage areas and so forth. So uh, for those who are persuaded by water as a gateway type thing, I think the connection there is not just the fact that it's water, but that it often represents sort of an ancient energy source. Mm -hmm. And when you bring in energy sources to the conversation, then now you're cooking with gas. What about, Mm. okay, speaking of cooking with gas, Mm. what about Mm. the desert southwest one of the most paranormal hottie spots, hot spots, hottie spots, hot spots oh boy. on planet Earth. There's no rivers running around. Is that like a matchmaking website? It's hottiespots.com. <laughs> Check it out later. <laughs> Swipe left. Paranormal hottie spots. <laughs> paranormal hottie spots. Oh boy. You always wanted to meet someone who likes who the paranormal. Who loves skinwalkers <laughs> as much as you do. <laughs> ParanormalHottiespots.com. Okay, so, yeah, but for real, like, I I just don't, I don't buy, anytime we, anytime we start trying to find some sort of correlate between the paranormal and, like, geographic areas, it never works. Like, ley lines, ley lines, ley lines, ley lines, ley lines. Is that wrong? Ley lines. You're making fun of me. Yeah, but Ley like you said aliens. Laylians. Laylians? Yeah. Am I wrong in this? I don't I don't All buy right. it. I don't buy yeah, it. Yeah, that's fine. You don't buy it. You do. I Clearly. You, totally you buy seem it. very defensive of this. <laughs> no, it's the the idea if 
so looking historically, I don't know about the ley lines thing because I haven't looked into that too much, but water sources in general, mm. when we it's a life-giving thing. And even if you go into like Greek mythology, you have the different rivers in the afterlife that take away your memory, like river sticks and all of this stuff. They're very powerful things. So it makes sense to me that especially moving bodies of water, I mean, I don't know about lakes necessarily, but rivers really stick out in my mind yeah. about um, having a paranormal connection somehow or supernatural oh. or afterlife or... Hottiespots.com, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And um, in other religions, they talk about the water can help wash away mm -hmm. uh, different things, bad things or bad memories or whatnot. Or you look for specific I rivers mean, that run north versus south or under the mountain. Yeah, Seth, I'm just saying. I'm just saying I don't buy that there is a paranormal... Wait, but like, what if you brought up that the most haughty spot in the <laughs> West has no water around it? Why Why can't we look at that as maybe that's the anomaly? Maybe that is the exception to the rule. Gobi Desert. Ever heard of it? <laughs> I've only heard the name. I don't know <laughs> if there's any paranormal activity there at all. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. if you can find a lot of patterns, I don't know why you would just dismiss the whole thing outright no, because I you find one thing that doesn't fit. Well, because I, I think if you look throughout the country, you're going to find tons of paranormal activity taking place that places that don't necessarily correlate to like a, a running water source. Right. Maybe it has to do with mines. <laughs> on the trail of UFO Star Sky, now available <laughs> on most streaming platforms. Check it out. No, Mark, come on. Get real with us. <laughs> get real with us. Get real. We need you to throw down. Well, um I, I think Sorry, it does it does have to do Sorry, with the uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the great and I credit to the late Scott Martis, who I coined the phrase, at least for me, speculative hypothesis regarding the unexplained is that it ties together with some type of energy source. So whether that is water, whether that is solar energy, right. hydroelectric, you know, um, whatever's generated below ground mm -hmm. by na natural or mechanical means. Sewers. Sewers. Alligators in the sewers. Alligators right. in the sewers. That, mm -hmm. um, that the, the, the great... Teenager turtles. Yeah, the, the most you know, seemingly meaningful explanation has something to do with energy, an energy source. Oh, look at that. So. Nailed it. That's my point exactly. No, what? <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Boom. Your input. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Borderlands, though, never played it. Like guys, I was waiting to make that joke since I read this email. Like, wow. let, me, let me get unfocused for just one yeah. second to make yeah, a killer joke. Yeah, just this joke. one second. Then on. Okay, let's move on. Wait, didn't he have more? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're moving on Continue. to the second half of that. Let me queue up Wikipedia. <laughs> Fire it up. Wait, what? I thought you weren't using Wikipedia. En. M. Wikipedia. Org. <laughs> That's the one. It's the mobile version. <laughs> oh. In English. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> on another topic, Seth mentioned on Somewhere in the Thank Skies you. recently that he was interested in doing a project in Missouri. He mentioned a weird spot called Lucky Hill that I hadn't heard of, but didn't mention Marley Woods. 
So I wanted to nominate that for you to look into. It's an area with the whole panoply of high strangeness familiar to Uinta Basin and Chestnut Ridge fans, but the location hasn't been made public. Here is one short blurb about it featuring spook lights, which I know you like. And the here is a link. Um, I'm not going to click that at the moment. There's one primary investigator who has gotten the permission to study the area. Maybe he would like his investigation reflected in film, like you have done effectively for Stan Gordon and others. Who's the investigator? Did he say? Not named. Oh. It is not named. I believe if follow-up were to happen, perhaps mm. that mm. all would be revealed. That's, that's the implication. Find, Maybe like we in can... Googling, I can't even find anything on Lucky Hill right now. I Mark wonder if has I just a link, screw, though. screwed that up. No, he's talking oh. about the Marley Woods. Mm -hmm. Okay, but what are we looking Lucky for? Lucky Hill's Indiana. I thought it was Lucky Hill. I can't. I literally can't find anything. So it's, I'm thinking so it's all been scrubbed, wrong. dude. What? No. <laughs> we were gonna make a movie about this, unless I've been. I swear it was called Lucky Hill. If anyone, any of our listeners, know what I'm talking about, it's Indiana. <laughs> I have potentially have been saying this wrong over the last four years, but I thought it was a Lucky thing. Point. Lucky Point? It? It's Wait, an area that? in southern Indiana. Yeah, that might be it. Lucky Point. It's high strangeness. A lot of high strangeness. I don't know. I'm going to check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like there's stuff. Around Lucky Point. Okay, Folklore, Lucky Point. Indiana. Legends, Tall Tales. Ooh, Lucky Point. Lucky Point. So ignore me when I said uh, Lucky Hill, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got everybody. Lucky Point, Evansville UFO report. Hmm. So Lucky Point is interesting. That'd be down on the Ohio River then. Um, because. Have you ever been to Lucky Point, Indiana? No. Have you ever heard of it? No. Well, it is located west of in Washington, Indiana. In southern Indiana, Indiana, there is an area which some researchers of the paranormal claim is a focal point for paranormal activity. And as such, the area known as Lucky Point has become a focal point of investigations by members of the Unexplained Phenomena Research Organization. Guys, this is an article from the Washington, Indiana newspaper. All that would cast your in your mind's eye. Back to 1997. <laughs> and you're reading this article in the local newspaper. A swampy wooded area is located in rural Knox County near the town of Monroe City. According to some, strange occurrences have happened there over the years. A lot of stuff. We have had reports of things from UFOs, Sasquatch sightings, spook lights, and ghosts in the area. Awesome. Thank you, Seth. You're welcome. Is it lucky or is it just fortunate? Fortunate for <laughs> Indiana. Official like name it. changed like just now. Break, late breaking news. <laughs> all right. There's actually a third and a fourth segment oh, to this letter. I'm sorry. No, no. It's it's all good. Oh, just quick. Yes. Lucky point. So named for the abundance of deer in the area, not the abundance of UFOs. Oh, That's what they just want you so to you know. think. Man, are we lucky. Look at all these yeah. deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> J. Allen Hynek put that story out to throw you off the trail. <laughs> okay. Classic misdirection. Yeah. Classic peg. <laughs> Lastly, I recently listened to an old episode I'd missed from when the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that's trying to be Pandemics. <laughs> Back then. Ah, oh, the old days. Yeah. <laughs> And heard mention that Adrian and her mom had a fairy story. Mm -hmm. I don't think that ever made it onto the podcast, but I'd certainly love to hear it. I'm sure others would too. 
So I, yeah, the thing is, I want Adrian. I, I mentioned this to her when this letter came in. I want her to tell the story because her and her mother both have the same had the same experience. Some elements of their stories jive, and others are completely different, and mm-hmm. it's very weird. Um, and they both remember something distinctly different, including the thing dying in the garage and them taking the body to a baseball game so George, Adrian's grandpa, could identify it, and then they don't know what happened after that. Wow. Either of them. Wow, so really? there's there's some very really cool. odd elements to the story. Um, but Adrian would have to tell it not me. Do you I think, don't know the do you think they would both come on? Possibly. It was flying around the garage, that's all I know. Yeah. And then it wow. died. Oh man. I want to hear that story. So, and when they got it, they could not identify it. She said it would look like a little person uh like a like like a humanoid body but like a really strange head lizard like head or something with wings it's a very weird yeah. story it's not wow the type of thing was there a photo with that did you maybe that was something else not that i know of. huh okay hmm. so it uh there's a ps mm-hmm have you heard about this woman who claims to be a former intelligence officer and claims to have been told by some strangers she met about tunnels to some alien lair in the Mojave, which the stranger himself excavated after making contact with beings and claims to have visited said lair with others and encountered multiple races of beings and claims to have been told some crazy messages about other races overruling them and coming to end this reality slash turn off the video game. It really hurt my brain to listen to her the other day. It sounds like so many stories from the 70s. Despite all the ridicule she's gotten, she's now collecting a former astronaut, scientist, cameras, etc., to return to this lair in the next few months to get full video and scientific data. So I guess it should be entertaining to either watch her deep delusions fall apart or learn the true meaning of life pretty soon. Looking forward to the Lake Michigan Mothman film and future endeavors. Keep it up. And that's from Jed. Sweet. I'm not wow. familiar. Is that something that was on Coast? That sounds like something you would be familiar with. Yeah, it sounds like something that would absolutely be on Coast, but I don't remember okay. hearing it. It's not the first time I've heard a story mm-hmm. that's like that. Yeah. But the the recent nature of this is not something that I am okay. very familiar with. All right. I think that does it, though, for letters, and it also does it for this episode. We were extremely focused. On topic. On point the whole time. Mm -hmm. I already hear there are brand new four-star reviews coming in (laughs) for iTunes and thumbs-ups across the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, If you want to send us a letter, monsteropolismail at gmail.com, you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can go watch Skinwalker, colon, The Howl of the Rougarou, on September September 14th on <laughs> iTunes, Amazon, Voodoo, Google Play, YouTube Movies, Fandango Now, Vimeo, other places. Check it out. It's a good movie. We think you'll like it. Um, can they pre-order it? You could pre-order it right now and get mm. it on Tuesday. So actually you can get it Monday night at midnight. So Wow. Uh, that does it for this week's show. We're back next week with another hot episode highly focused highly focused hot episode all right take care thanks